Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am so grateful you are back today, and I really appreciate you joining me today. I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Adam R. Walton. He is a coach, actually, that I know and love and trust. I worked with him many years ago when I started podcasting, in fact. And today we're going to talk about a little bit about indoctrination and just becoming as a human being because he just particularly loves those subjects. He is a spectacular advocate of thinking outside the box. And if you're looking for a little bit of a conspiracy theory, he can probably bring on a few of those as well. But we don't have all the time in the world, so let's just get to it. Adam, welcome to the show. Absolutely fantastic intro and super excited to be here. I have been a fan of your show for quite some time and I've sent many a listener your way simply because you do have some pretty budding topics. Why thank um, you. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty stoked to be here. I'm really excited to get into sort of whatever it is you want to talk about. I love everything podcasting and I love everything that is 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 motivational, is is energetic and like you said conspiracy wise, that's just your 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 intro ticket to to free thought. Don't think the way they tell you to think. Have at it. Think about anything you want. So one of the favorite uh sayings that you use all the time is um, that in our school system, they teach us what to think, not how to think. And I've got to say, as I've watched, you know, at my age in my mid fifties now, and I've got a nine-year-old granddaughter watching her go through the school system, thinking about my own past and how I went through the school system and how things have so radically changed in those 40 years. Um, let's talk a little bit about why we're not teaching our kids how to think instead of just what to think, you know, do this, do that, as you like to term indoctrination, uh, buying into. And that is so opposite of becoming and being a free thinker. Give me some thoughts on that. Well, that, that you know, you said we didn't have time for conspiracies, but theoretically. Yeah. Oh, but that they're going to come regardless. The, theoretically, that is a conspiracy. Because if you do not do um, what you're supposed to, if you do not think the way they want you to think, then you're a conspiracy theorist. And the idea of the education system being an indoctrination system is, quote unquote, a conspiracy, even though it's right in your face. Mm -hmm. I mean, they teach us in school to, 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 well, first of all, they make you go to school at a young age. So mom and dad get split up. Mom goes to work. Dad goes to work. Uh, and the kid goes to school. So we live in a society right now in this, in this society that we're talking about. This society has deemed it very important to split the entire family unit up entirely and make them go off and do things they don't want to do. Hmm. And whether you want to perceive that as a conspiracy or not, it happens every day to every house in North America. Absolutely. And this is when this happens, when there's no unity between those that are supposed to be the closest, it's when they can, you know, ideas can be implanted, things can be done, but it's so quote unquote, the norm right now that it's what we believe to be anything other than that would be absurd, right? So not only does that happen, but now the child goes off into school and the child who is now the mother used to be the child. So that child went off into school and learned 
what they wanted you to learn. They learned the history they wanted you to learn. They learned the stories. And every single person that's telling you, this is the same group of people. It's all government mandated protocol. It's mm-hmm. all government mandated schooling. These are the same people that the government, the same people that you pay your taxes to, that you do this, that you do that. They want you to believe a certain thing to keep you on a certain level. Mm-hmm. And it's the weirdest thing. When you truly look at it, you have a group of people that have shattered the family unit and have then fed you information. Information that we blindly accepted as a good thing simply because it's our education system. And the only difference between education and indoctrination um, is the right and wrong of it all. The indoctrination of it all isn't necessarily the information we're learning. It's getting used to being in a prison-like environment, i.e. school, listening to the bell, you know, responding accordingly, learning what we need to learn, not how to think, but what to think. And then we're tested on our ability to remember exactly what they told us, not to use our own minds, not to extrapolate, Mm -hmm. not to come up with our own ideas, but simply to memorize exactly what they told us and write it down on the test. So if that's not indoctrination, I mean, if you ask questions, you're deemed a troublemaker and you get sent to the principal's office. I know because I spent a lot of time there. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I remember going back through high school and I had like these one or two teachers that encouraged us to think outside the box, that encouraged our individuality. And I have to say they stand out so strongly because they were so different from every other teacher and, and kind of school at large. Now, I'm definitely one of those people that is always looking for the why, always looking for the how can we get past this? There's always an answer. I just, I love that book. Uh, Everything is figure outable. I love that title because it's so true and no one really believes it anymore. Everyone just wants to say, Oh no, that can't be right. And you know, one of the things, one of my history teachers told me is this, please don't ever forget that history is written by the victors. Yeah. <laughs> so right out of the gate, she raised this question in my mind at 14, 15 years of age that said, well, if we're only hearing the victor, you know, the one side of it, what is the other side? Most well, people that, just didn't care, but I certainly wanted to know like what, what truly, you know, there's always two sides to every argument, every, every situation. A hundred percent. And, and it's funny because like, if you want to know, if you want to know, you know, if you've been indoctrinated or if you, uh, if you've been given proper information, compare your education to somebody from Iran or somebody from Germany mm-hmm. or somebody from Great Britain, the history is different all across the board. The history is different. So that again, that's a conspiracy. Because why yeah, would I sit enough. here? Why would I sit here and tell you that everything's different depending on who told it to you, depending on where you grew up? I mean, look at the television. The television is telling you that we're at war with other countries, and the yes. other countries. When you're in those other countries, you look at it and they're like, "We're at war," you know. But by any account, if you go into a country and you like invade it, you're the bad guy, right? But in America, they're fighting for freedom. Now, granted to the Mm. Americans listening to this, you know, we're in Canada and we haven't invaded anybody yet. We were thinking about it, but (laughs) we'll give us more time. We might have to apologize for it. (laughs) If it happens. It's almost maple syrup season. So like we don't have time right now. (laughs) Not really. And we'll send you a note. (laughs) Yeah, We'll give you an ample warning for sure. But, (laughs) but that's just it. So now what do you do? What do you do with all this information? If you don't want to talk about conspiracies and if you don't want to think about this, that, and the other thing, What do you do with this information? Well, the information that you have in your life, the whole goal in life is to be happy, right? Is to, is to find that joy. So 
when you decide I'm going to be happy, then, then, then that is, that's the huge one, but you have to go through hell to get to happiness. It's on the other side. It's a really awkward place to put it, but you need to know, you know, what makes you happy. You need to know what you're capable of. You need to know what you can put yourself through. You need to know sort of what it is. You need to understand that the schooling system is so atrocious now for the simple point that if it wasn't, nobody would ask questions. Exactly. And I, I heard it actually from someone the other day. I can't remember where or when, I'm sorry, but it was very recently. They said, we, this, is, this is how society, we were comparing, like you and I were the other day saying about how, talking about the 80s. And this, this lady said to me, she goes, this is crazy. I think she is a teacher, actually. This is how much society has changed in the last 50, 60, 100 years. And education in this country hasn't changed an iota since I went to school. Really. It's it other, other than the kids have more power than the teachers, but the information, the, the method of learning, the method of thinking, we are not keeping up with anything, you know, it, time, technology, global, whatever at large with, you know, how everyone else is doing things. It has, it's just an archaic system. Well, they say that too. They, they want the kids, they want the kids to, to, to not have their cell phones in school, right? Every child now has a cell phone. Well, not every child, but certainly most they do. Have, most, yeah, <laughs> they, they have those direct lines where you can actually call out. And when I say children, I mean like 12 and under. Mm -hmm. But everybody in high school has a cell phone. They mm -hmm. have to. It's, if you imagine being the child in high school right now without a cell phone. But the teachers don't want you to use them because real information is out there if you ask questions. And if you ask questions, you're not memorizing what they want you to memorize. Why do you have to memorize it if it's on, if it's on the internet? If, well, you that's just, an, if, you, if you can just look it up. That's an interesting if, point of view, but don't you think it's more about just them interrupting the classroom and just being distracted? Most students are not on their phones finding the right answer. They're just out there chucking Instagram and not paying attention to the professor. That's what they want you to think. Oh, I see. Okay. So uh, society also wants you to, 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 to be sort of on a, on, on, they want you to be on a negative downward spiral. They want you to oh, absolutely. constantly be in fear. They want you to constantly do this, that, and the other thing. But if a child has the ability to look up information, they'll ask more questions. There is True. so many more answers out there that aren't, you know, right or wrong. If the child, if you sit a child down, a group of children say, pull out your cell phones, let's learn how to use them. We're going to do this, this, and this. As opposed to put those away, they're a distraction. You're going to be on Instagram and, and Facebook and you're going to be chatting with your friends and being, you're going to be a dickhead. Okay. Right. Can I say that on your show? Am I allowed to swear? Absolutely. I just did. I mean, you <laughs> can edit that out. It Maybe happens. we'll just save the F-bombs because I am rated yeah. family friendly, but I think we're good with that. <laughs> but you can put an explicit rating. I often don't use the F-bomb because it's foolish. Um, <laughs> now, the, the, so back to that. I mean, if you're not memorizing what they're telling you, then you're not properly being indoctrinated. And that therein okay. lies the rub because it's not about education because if we teach you how to think, you're going to think you're going to start properly thinking. And there's a ton of people out there right now that are not properly thinking yet. They're walking around going, I know exactly how to think. Oh, we have those. Let's face it. All of us, we face those people every single day in our homes and our families at work. You just kind of and, shake your head. <laughs> and the only time you know for sure that you're not, uh, you know, doing as you're told is mm -hmm. when you do start thinking. And it's so funny how Fair often enough. we do as we're told. Look at all the products in our house. I saw an image the other day and I absolutely loved it. It was, if you can name these brands, and it was like a picture of like five crudely drawn brands. Okay. And they were all easily nameable right? If you can name these brands, but you can't name these leaves and it was five 
pictures of leaves, yeah. a maple, an oak, and all that sort of stuff, all crudely drawn the same as the other ones, then the level of indoctrination is complete. So Fair in other enough. words, if, if you know what Nabisco and Pepsi and Ford are, but you don't know what an oak leaf and a maple leaf and a, and a, and a, a pine leaf, you know, a pine needle, mm-hmm. if you don't know the difference between those, then you've been properly indoctrinated. So you don't think the school systems, I've always been a big believer in the school system being there to teach us to learn. Because I, I still believe that needs to be taught to a certain extent, how to get information. In fact, one mean? of, well, I remember, uh, now this is, it's funny because now this has taken in 30 years has gone completely the other direction. But there was this movie in the late 90s with Jennifer Lopez called Made in Manhattan. Single mom, she's trying to get ahead in life. And she's got this little boy who's just borderline genius. And he just asks questions all the time. And her favorite expression to him as they're, you know, running to being late for work is, honey, hold on to that question. You can Google it later. And that was even before Google was like the band-aid term for all things. And of course, now we're here 35 years later. It actually is that term. But it stuck in my head as like, you can Google it later. You know, mom, is this real? Is it not real? So that kind of stuck in my head, even though I still believe that schooling to a certain extent is just about learning to learn. Like I used to tell people, because really, I don't have a formal education. I did the first year of sciences, overdid it. I do have my, I learned accounting in high school. I took it into a career later. I have done a ton of learning my entire life of my own accord. I carry a certificate, initials of nothing behind my name. And yet when I was in my accounting business, I was probably in that particular line of work, was very, very good at what I did and was paid well for it. But it's because I feel that I went out and got the information and taught myself. School, all school did for me was teach me how to find information. But what you're saying now is you think that's being shut down in the school system and that we're not being taught to go out. Maybe I got lucky and just had good professors. No, you, you've always been different. From, from what I've known from you and known your, of your past, you, you've always been uh, one that reaches. So, mm-hmm. you know, when they say things like Google it, um, the funny thing about Google is Google shows you what Google wants you to see. Oh, good point. <laughs> so, you know, if you hate Italy and I love Italy, my okay. Google search, you know, for whatever reason would know that I love Italy and you hate it. So if you and I said, let's go on a trip, let's go okay. to Italy, you would Google Italy vacation and it would tell you all the reasons not to go to Italy. <laughs> I would Google it and it would be like, oh, check this out, check that out, check this out, right? Hmm. Another thing, you see things like uh, uh, the blogs, you see things targeted to Canadians. You know, Can- Canada is rated the, the best country in the world to live. Oh, okay, yep. Right? But so is Germany, so is Italy. So is Croatia, right? They all ah, get their in their version. own sphere. You mean they get they their own get, version of? They all get their own version of that. You okay. get you get what they give you, and we're not taught to ask about that. You know, we're taught. You know, if you if you have a if you have a query about a conspiracy theory, and you Google uh, something, and it says Snopes, you know, Snopes has figured out that right that, yes. that this is a lie. I laugh at that because first of all. People are supposed to believe that Snopes is the be all end all of, of independent of fact independent and thinking. Research. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you go to one site and it says Snopes, Snopes said no. Or it's like, oh my God. The real question in that whole beautiful dance is uh-huh. why are they blurring out this information in the first place? There's mm-hmm. been bullshit lies all over the place. Oh, I'm gonna tone down this right. There's been lies all over the place <laughs> yeah. on on every on every topic, right? It's only in the past couple of years have they started saying, you know, fake news, false news. 
we have to, we have to, we have to nip in the bud, this false news. You know what? The reality is that's a lie because if somebody tells me, you know, there are purple giraffes in Africa, Snopes isn't going to pop up and say, that's a lie. That's we fact check that there's no purple giraffes in Africa. (laughs) Haven't seen it so far. Exactly. But if, if somebody says something else, then, and Snopes pops up and they're like, no, this is fake. You know, you have to really ask yourself, why is that the target? Why are, why are we censoring this? Right. We've all read the book catch 22. I mean, the censorship that was there. We've all seen the movie 1984. It's all, it's all propaganda. And the minute you start seeing them, the minute these dominoes fall for a lady, by the way, that didn't want to talk conspiracy theories, pow, 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 <laughs> been an entire episode. Of Went it. Right there. <laughs> this is what comes out. This is what comes out when it, when it's, when it comes to free thinking, because this episode, that was my really, next question though. How do we get is, into that, into the free thinking without touching on this? Yeah. This episode is really about free thinking. And I don't care if you believe me or don't believe me when it comes to certain conspiracies. All I care about is that you, actually look into it and you question it and you think about it. And if you can laugh off half of it mm-hmm. without doing any of the research, you're 100% indoctrinated. So they tell you what to think consistently tell you what to think. They tell you how to think and that's it. So your education at school lines up with the Google education when you do it at home and lines up with the story they told you. If Snopes says it's fake, then it's fake. Imagine an entire world of information and we only listen to one website. You ask one question and you're Fair done. Enough. You're like, yeah. I have done the research. I have figured it out. So, I mean- So what is your suggestion on that? If, if, if our goal is to think more clearly and think outside the box, really just think, because honestly, I don't think enough people truly do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're on that- I always use the expression gerbil wheel. I just feel like there's so many people and I was there myself at one point in my life where I just feel like I was on the gerbil wheel, especially for my young years where I bought into the whole religious indoctrination. And it took me years to come out of that, maybe ignore it, think it was all not real, then come back to finding what I wanted to believe. I chose, I chose like, okay, I've learned this. I've learned, I choose to believe this out of it. What do you tell people? How do you help them? I mean, you obviously probably use some of the some of the some of the things in your coaching. How do you help people learn to think for themselves? I push them. I, I push them and it's funny because it's always the same response. It's like you always get that response out of somebody who's like, you know, oh, he's just saying this to get a rise out of me. You know, or he's just like, why would it, you know, you know, I'm I'm defending my position and he's coming at me. So when right. I push, they defend. Now it's always different um, what they defend and what the individual chooses to defend. That's their tell. So that's, that's where, you know, you know, your next move as a coach and as somebody uh. who's speaking, figure out what it is that they, and they don't even know that they're doing it, but figure out what it is that they know or what they hold dear as their own personal defense on any sort of topic. Then you know what's important to them and then you can approach it. Oh, Okay. I find I never it, thought about it. I never thought it in the way of it being a tell. Uh, to me, it's just, I never, I guess, vocalized or kind of got that on a train of thought. I suppose it's there subconsciously because yes, immediately someone starts with their point of view and you can say, ah, I, mm, I know where now, they're coming from. Now I know where you're coming <laughs> yeah. from. Exactly. What you deem important to you is what comes out. It's what okay. I see. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can, I can approach you on your level. But I have to know multiple levels to get there. 
And if you, if you only go to Snopes, you don't know multiple levels. If you only listen to your high school teacher, you don't know multiple levels. Right. If you don't Google or, you know, DuckDuckGo for that example, for that matter, multiple and DuckDuckGo is a quote unquote, an open source version web crawler. Like, Oh, okay. But yeah, see, (laughs) say, yeah. So DuckDuckGo, if you, if you Google something on Google, if you search for something on Google, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get Google's answers and who owns Google, right? It's like Jeff Bezos, the guy that, 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 that does the books and Amazon, he bought the Washington post. So if Jeff Bezos, an individual owns a news outlet. Now this is just one example. Mm-hmm. Whatever goes into that news outlet, if somebody's like Amazon's crap, he's going to like pull it. I don't want it in there. <laughs> right? So subjective subjective news making okay is obsolete. People aren't buying printed paper either. No. Which means which means the Washington Post is primarily online, which means they can say whatever they want and then change it and then do whatever they want. Because people are of the opinion that once it's on the internet, it's there forever. But that's not true. Because everything can be censored and everything can be pulled off. And everything can be delivered to you. You can search anything you want. And you'll only get a certain amount of results. Right? So the mm. idea that once it's on the internet, it's on there forever. Which is something that we believe. We Absolutely. Believe that that kind of quote internet. unquote free information. Yeah. It's, it's out not. there. It's not. You don't think it is. It's not out there. It's okay. it's gone. The only thing that's out there is a version of whatever they want you to think is out there, which again comes back to your information, to your ability to research. Now, you can say, why is this important? Why do you have to do this, that? And the other mm-hmm. thing, you know, why 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 focus so heavily on this? And the and again, the answer is freedom, right? You're looking for happiness. You're looking for your approach. So you can do all of your research. You can hunt everything. You can get whatever answer you want. And then your experience will tell you that this is the, this is the truth. Okay. And your gut will tell you that this is the truth. So when you are researching your truth and looking at your truth and understanding and comprehending your truth, it is your truth that becomes your story. And as long as your story leads to your happiness, you're winning. But okay. if your story leads to more aggravation, leads to more aggression, leads to more frustration, you haven't finished the job. <laughs> oh, I like that. Because let's face it, we come across those people all the time. Yeah. They're, they're telling you they're very enlightened, but I look at their lives and go, you're unfulfilled. You're not doing what you want to be doing. You're angry all the time. You're not healthy. Absolutely. What is this knowledge gaining you in any way, shape or form? Yep. So there are tons of people out there that, you know, we've all been raised to, to want a million dollars, to want the fast cars, to want this, to want that. That's also part of the indoctrination. Mm-hmm. There is an ample amount of money out there. There's always going to be more money. There's no matter how much money you have, you can always strive for more money, which means it's never ending goal, which means you'll never achieve it, which means there's zero satisfaction in hunting money. Exactly. The man who has a million dollars is in hunt of his next million. The man who has happiness is not in hunt of his next happiness. That's right. So if you're trying to embark on happiness and if you're trying to create your personal freedoms, if you know yourself that this is something that you want, you're going to make it happen. You're going to get out there and you're going to look and you're going to listen to podcasts like this one. Okay. You're going to, you're going to find things out for yourself. You're going to, you're going to go through alternative motives because right now you can have a fan that is listening to you 
that listens to every single one of your words and that believes you more than they believe Google on any given topic because they resonate with you and with your sound and with what you're saying mm-hmm. and with your message. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you're right, but it means that to them and to, to their story, you're right. And it's a, it's a truth for them. They resonate with it. It's all, yeah. You, yeah. And you will always, you'll, you'll do the same thing. You know, you'll always spin in your own resonation. So your vibrations and what you're putting out there will connect you with the people that you need to speak to and the stories that you need to get and the answers that you need to get, because until you're happy, you're not going to stop looking. But don't you think happiness is also just a choice though? Not just about the information and don't you just choose to be happy in the circumstances to which you find yourself, despite whether they're going to change or not? I would say yes. That's That's a little philosophical. I understand, but like for instance, to my those husband, that are happy, they uh-huh. aren't looking for happiness. To those that are happy, they're looking for ways to help others. Yeah, okay, fair enough, yes. And they're looking for ways to expand. To those that aren't happy, they assume everybody isn't happy. That is very true. So, you know, you are a result of your assumptions, you know? And yeah. the moment you realize, I posted the other day on, on, on Instagram, the moment, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, you, uh, the moment you realize I'm not you, things start to make a lot more sense. Exactly. Cause we expect, and we want, it's almost like, because we have this innate need to belong somewhere in our subconscious as human beings, um, which, you know, why churches are so popular and gangs are so popular. There's that need to say, Hey, I'm with them. Churches but, and gangs. Nice <laughs> comparison. I actually quite like that. That was come good. on. I mean, yeah. they, they are drawing in for exactly the same reason mm-hmm. or for the same result, just different reasons. Yeah. But the result to the person is still the same. I belong. Someone's got my back. I have faith well, in this. It, and even to not go as, as extreme as churches <laughs> and gangs, which are very true. Uh, I spent years and years and years when I was miserable. I spent years, in, not that, I shouldn't say when I was miserable because my life wasn't easy, but it created who I am. And I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I was in the bars. Um, what I mean by in the bars was I was bar manager, I was bouncer, doorman, uh, bar back, bartender, whatever. Needed. Oh, wow. so you, you were in the industry full on. Yeah, full on in the industry for a yeah. long time. And the industry, no matter what bar you worked at, and I grew up in the small town of Ottawa, Canada. I say small town because it is the capital, but it, you can't step outside without bumping into 12 people you know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it, is, it, it was a family. So not just, you know, religion and not just the gangs, but if you're in the bar industry right now, there's a 90% chance you're there because you lack family because you lack that connection. You lack um, a feeling of placement. Right. And, you know, so there's a ton of stuff. And if you, if you are in the bar industry and if you're listening to this podcast right now, there are answers, you know, you are on the right path. You should be aware of that. Do you address your audience much when you talk to them, by the way? Because they're do listening I? to you. Yeah. Do you yes. talk to your audience? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I've been on I've been on some shows and I've been guesting on some shows and the guy's like, Who are you talking to? I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm talking to your audience. Yeah. They're listening. No, my audience is here right now. Yeah, exactly. We can all say hi guys. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Show some gratitude. But yes, I'm, we are we are talking to people here, not just yeah. each other. And they're listening to us. <laughs> I'm honored to be in your earballs. Why, thank you. Uh what is, I was gonna say I, now see i've lost train of thought of the second one it'll come back if it's important but i remember when i was going through a tough time years ago and my husband would get up in the morning going back to the happiness thing and he would see how what my mood was 
to decide what his mood was <laughs> the day. It's like, oh, if she's rolling out of that bed, man, and she is looking for blood, he's, you know, slink off. <laughs> I can still remember that. And I remember, I know now looking back at it going, oh, thank God we changed that unhealthy habit of, uh, you know, habit of behavior, pattern of behavior, because that's not the deal. You know, I came and to a point in my life with today, I'm happy today. Shitty shit stuff might be going on. Oops, there's my censoring again. <laughs> you know, put my dog down later on this week. There's a lot of stuff going on in our lives. Yeah. I still choose to get up in the morning. And when I smile at him, his whole day is made. And it's one of those things too, where you, you know, you, you, you do grasp the idea and the concept that as you sit and reflect upon your life and reflect upon, you know, your husband and what's, what's he going to do, mm-hmm. you know, based on me, you realize it's more than just him. It's, it's everybody. If you're, if you're late, your clothes get snagged on things. If you're in a hurry, <laughs> if you're in a hurry, nothing's where you left it. Right. So people are like, this always happens to me. Well, at what point do you stop thinking it won't happen at what point do you start realizing that you're creating it right you know people will say well i have no i have no control over my clothes getting snagged on things sure you do leave five minutes earlier let's talk about that about creating and attracting that because that honestly that is a spectacular subject that people do not want to open their eyes to no like i i'm a victim here i had nothing to do with this (laughs) way we go give Mm. yourself more time yes this happened to me on sunday getting ready for a big event haven't had a meltdown like that in years. The shoes weren't in the closet they were supposed to be in. Couldn't for the life of me find the dress I was supposed to wear. Couldn't yeah. get the hair done properly. And the friends are showing up in 10 minutes with the, with the limo. It's like, seriously? Yeah. And there's naked Shelly just, just, <laughs> just waiting for something to happen. <laughs> My husband's standing outside the door going, what can I do for you? <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm being unreasonable right now. This will pass. I do. Just give me the water bottle. I will find something to wear. Close the door. <laughs> it's better just not to have regret and recriminations later over the, uh, the situation. Go. But yes, I did not give myself enough time and yeah. everything went wrong. Yeah. So the lesson there is, okay, I've done this. Now let's not do it again. Right. You know? And when you, can, when you can take your lessons and when you can apply them to your life and when you can skip them the next time because of the lessons that you learned, you're going to kill it. You know, it, all of these things take place in the moment which, you know, you say, oh, two weeks ago I was late, you know, and it was a real stressor. And then you're like, well, I don't want to be late again. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel that stress again. So I'm going to give myself time. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the habit. And then you give yourself the time and then you give yourself that creativity. Exactly. And people, think, people think, well, that's so simple. But how many people are stuck in a dead end job that they hate for no reason? Half the people, you know, probably just the look around your neighborhood, who's miserable, who bitches about exactly the same thing at every yeah. fire pit on Friday night or every dinner party. I love that. I love that you led with fire pit. Those are the greatest places to, <laughs> to sit around and have conversations. I have that kind of neighborhood. So oh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fire sure. pit conversations have around here. And sometimes right. there's nights I just want to go inside because I'm like, I am not sitting complaining about this again with you people. I love you all, but no. Yeah. Change it and, or move on. <laughs> Well, hundred percent. And people are like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hand to mouth. You know, I, I've got, you know, a, a three car garage, five bedrooms, you know, I'm driving a Porsche, but I'm hand to mouth and yeah. they're complaining about it. Right. So it's one of those things where you're like, you know what? Downsize two car garage, get yourself mm-hmm. a Toyota, three bedrooms. Right. And now you've got more money than you need, but society and the indoctrination right. tell you to have as much live 
to within your means. Live up to. Up to your means, not within. I was raised to live within your means. My father was always like, you always have to live 10% below what you make. 10%. 10%. He says, you always live 10% below your means so that you have a rainy day fund so that you can function. Because he says, it doesn't matter whether you make $10,000 a year. And I remember this was four years ago. Let's just say whether you make $100,000 a year or you make a million dollars a year. If you live 10% over that and it's a mentality, you are still in the same stress, the same whatever as you were when you were complaining at $40,000 a year, I'm hand to mouth, my job sucks. Mm. Because it's a mentality and you will take it with you if something changes and you all of a sudden come into a windfall, great job, win the lottery, whatever, that mentality will follow you. Well, based on the indoctrination, again, winning the lottery is one of the worst things you can do because you don't understand how money works. And you exactly. go out and buy all these things and you do all these things. And in the process, you ostracize your friends. You know, your friends are like, oh, I should have some money too. You know, you should do these nice things for me. And then you do or you don't. And some people get happy and some people yep. get pissed off. You know, and then you, you have no idea how to properly function with money. And you've got all these things and you've, leased all these things and all of a sudden you're out of money and you've got all these leases still and you got nothing to do and nothing to show for it. People just love to do the whole capital asset, didn't plan my cash flow. Yeah. Buy the $5 million house, but please understand it costs $200,000 you to run that. <laughs> yeah. So in five years, you've gone through another million dollars. Yeah, Hello. It's, it is, yeah. It's ludicrous. It yeah. Is. That's why you read all the articles. I remember I read, you know, it's lucky enough. I've been very lucky to have very pivotal times in my life where someone has just said something or I've read an article that's just changed my way of thinking. And I remember mm -hmm. even, I think I'm sure it was only in my thirties reading this article from the Globe and Mail about people that when they follow these five families that either win the lottery, two of them also had a huge inheritance. They were not expecting something happened where it just all of a sudden landed on their, on their doorstep. They were not people that had money. They were not people that managed it. And all the money was gone in five years. Every time it is a consistent, specific fact that is, is just, it's always gone. So this last week, my husband walked in and he goes, Hey honey, a 22 year old in Ontario won the, what was it? 40 million, hundred million. Nice. I, don't I don't know. I can't remember either. It was a huge amount of money because his comment was, it's always the old fogies that win these stupid lottery things. And I said, I just, my thought right there as I stopped and said, I please pray that the universe brings that young man, someone to help him educate himself and learn. I don't want to, because he'll just be another statistic. Well, the interesting thing about that drop is that money will go back into the, into the hands of the person that dropped it. Like it'll, <laughs> it'll feed, it'll feed the community. Like it will, it's it goes somewhere. Things. You're right. It, it'll feed the community. And, and when I say, you know, you could take the richest man in the world and, and you do like the true elites out there. Um, they could, they could airdrop $10 million out of a plane. And within months, they'd probably have it all back because the people that picked it up would go and buy their products. Fair enough. Right. So this is money management. This is money awareness. This is money's just water to awareness. me. I was sort of raised, I, I don't know. I came to that conclusion at some point. I mean, I was also raised with the attitude, despite the Christianity that money was not evil. My father was an entrepreneur and wanted to be successful. Um, but that the love of money was the problem. People mm -hmm. get obsessed with the actual thing itself, not what it can do for you, the freedom it buys you. To me, it's like, so they came to a point in life, and I, I remember knowing these people, the money all got accumulated, and then they held on to it. That is contributing nothing to society at large. The money's not flowing, because to me, it's like a river. It's like the money goes out, and the money comes back in. It just, it just kind of needs to, money needs to move, I believe. That's a personal belief system. Not everyone agrees with me, but I believe money needs to move. Hanging on to money, other than an investment, that your dividends, that sort of thing, just wise investing, but the 
greed or the hanging on and, and the hoarding of, what is that, who does that help and what does it accomplish? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing because that's, that's an addiction as well in and of itself. People are like, no, I've got to prepare for my future. I get it. You know, but at mm-hmm. a certain amount, you don't need any more, right? Right. And the funny thing about money is it's just a, a social contract, mm-hmm. you know? Like prime example, if I went to the store and I bought, you know, those what are you, freezer pizzas? Right? Okay. Yep. Yep. So I got, I bought five of them and, and they just so happen to be the last five in existence. Okay. <laughs> so pizza is leaving the planet. That's right. <laughs> or frozen pizza is leaving the planet today. Okay. For the purpose of Adam's this. Adam's got the last five. I have the last five and I spent $5 a piece on these suckers. So I have $25 out and I have these pizzas and I eat one of them. Now I have four pizzas. But somebody says, let me buy one of those pizzas off you. And I said, nope, it's not, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell this pizza. And then somebody says, I'll give you 10 bucks. You paid five, I'll give you 10. And I said, you know what? I'll take that deal. So I sell them one of my pizzas. So I got two pizzas gone, one of them eaten, and the other one sold for 10 bucks. I doubled my money on that one. And then, you know, I've got the other pizzas left. So I've got my three pizzas. And then one of them gets wrecked. It doesn't get used. Now I'm down to one pizza and he's got one pizza and somebody comes to me and says, you know, I'll give you $50,000 for that one pizza. And I, and I say, no, I'd rather have the pizza. And then the other guy says, I'll take that. So the guy that, that gave me 10 bucks for my for that pizza now has 50,000 for his pizza. And then the guy eats that pizza. So I now have the last remaining pizza in the world. And somebody says, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for that pizza. And I say, nah, I don't want it. Another guy, I'll give you a million dollars for that pizza. Nah, I'd rather have the pizza. So in this social contract, I went really long on that simply because I felt like it. Usually want you to do most things, Adam. <laughs> hey, all right. Know you well. But the, uh, the, the, so, so the social contract is a $5 pizza, which was at value. I traded my $5 to the store owner. Mm-hmm. I got $10 back from another guy. And, and another guy's offering me a million dollars. Because to him, that's what it's worth. That's his perceived value on the pizza. Now I could either want the pizza or I could want the million dollars. Either way, it's an agreement. And the only reason that that agreement works is because of another social contract that I agree a dollar is worth a dollar and you agree a dollar is worth a dollar. Funny thing about that is if I said your piece of paper is not worth anything to me, then it wouldn't be worth a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say, give me your shoes instead of that piece of pizza or instead of that dollar. There we go. Now shoes have more value than the dollar. And that's because of another social contract. So, which exists talk, all over the world. I mean, we could, yes. we probably shouldn't get yeah. down to go down that road, but it was except no. all over the world. Someone decides that, well, your money isn't valued on the world stage and our money is. And all decisions, decisions we're not privy to. All keeps everything level you know? and uneven. Like I could say, <laughs> as a Canadian, as a, as a Canadian, I could say to an American, I'll give you one of my dollars for one of your dollars. And as an American, you'll say, no, that's not worth it to me. That's right. You're 35% but it, less than me. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's a dollar. Well, mine's a coin. But, you know, mine's actually, it's more material. This is metal in here. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's got to be worth something. Anyway, it's, 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 it's fabricated. The entire, the entire financial system is fabricated. So to hunt money is to hunt make-believe, Fair right? Enough. You don't, and the funny thing too on top of that is, you know, if you want to hunt or fish, you could just go live in the bush and you can hunt and fish and you can cut down some trees and you can make a cabin, except for that's illegal too now because the government, you know, you got to have exactly. tax for that. And that's where money comes in. 
So all money is, is modern day slavery. That's all it really boils down to, which by the way, is another conspiracy theory. Whoops. <laughs> and there's three in one podcast. <laughs> so we shouldn't really even get onto the, uh, the concept of alcohol because we can all just go right back to the Egyptians and can understand how they kept all the Jewish people in slavery for 40 years because they fed the mead. I just, I personally just love that one, but it's, you know what? We control a lot of the society through alcohol. Oh yeah. I mean, and if addiction. Wanna, if you want to And drugs. No, we probably I, shouldn't go way down that road, but I just always, that one always makes me laugh. I, when I take it way back into history like that by thousands of years, I'm like, yep. I heard that actually in something. Some, someone repeat, repeated that and said, well, that's how we controlled the slaves. And it's just stuck in my head for years. Well, here's a, here's a fun fact. And, and we're, we're coming up. And complacent. <laughs> we're coming up to an hour, so I, I won't take up too much more of your audience's time. Um, but the funny thing is, with regards to money, we're all slaves. Money is a yeah. slavery system. And those that consume alcohol on a regular basis uh, are vibrating on a lower frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so alcohol currently is how we control the slaves. So and back to the Egyptians. <laughs> it, it's not something that ever went away, right? Your perception yeah. of slavery uh, is what the schools taught us, which was black people in chains working in fields. Right. So if you think that's slavery, then you don't realize that you're a financial slave to your government yes. and its dollar. And the slaves will never revolt as long as they have bread and circuses, which is beer and football. You know? <laughs> oh, good point. And Keeps a huge amount of the population very content all weekend yes, long. A hundred percent. And they go right back to the to jobs it. that their slaves do again. Imagine if you looked at all of those arenas all over the place, mm-hmm. imagine Imagine all those people were as riled up about real issues as they were about the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, for me, it's, it's interesting because I'm neither here nor there on it. I'm aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just creates, you know, more, you know, more purpose. I quit drinking uh, two and a half years ago, maybe a little bit more than that now, but it was the greatest thing I ever did in my entire life because it, it it's not like I was a heavy drinker. It's not like I was anything other than, somebody who wanted more to life. And when you really dive into it and when you really jump on that mentality, you do truly realize after 60 days of no alcohol, things change. Your body changes, your mind changes. That cloud that you have no idea even exists. Mm -hmm. It's like a fish. Fish don't know they're swimming in water. Fish just are, right? And when you drink, your whole life you've been pre-programmed to drink. When you stop drinking, you're like, holy jeez, there's a massive amount of everything out there around me. And this is somebody who like, you know, you could have a casual drink here and there. No, no, no. Things don't, things don't take place until you're 60 days out from your final drink. Gotcha. You know, roughly give or take. And that it, that's night and day. So now ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to advocate sobriety. I'm just here to say, if you are upset, depressed, angsty, want more, suspect more are unhappy and you consume alcohol, Number one, the only thing you need to do in your life, stop drinking for 60 days and just simply see where it takes you. I think that's really fair advice about him because really just from a health standpoint, even if you don't want to go into the conspiracy of it all, that just makes sense. The great thing on Facebook the other day, you know, if you're, if you're not eating well and you're not taking a walk in nature and you're not doing this and not doing that, 
and you are suffering from depression, you're not even giving yourself a fighting chance. That's right. That's right. You're not even stepping out of the gate. You are happy in the hole, mm -hmm. which is where we don't want people to be. So in, in conclusion, what would be the one thing you'd want to say to people at large? I think I just said it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a ton I wouldn't of stuff. I disagree with that, actually. <laughs> that was yeah. good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I definitely, that would be the piece that I end on. So, I mean, that's the piece I did end on, but we'll keep talking after that. But that, you know, that, that would be it. You know, um, there's a ton of stuff out there and they're all interconnected. Uh, you know, you can follow me, ladies and gentlemen, if you want Instagram.com forward slash the mental mastery Alliance. Oh, excellent. Thank um, you. Yeah. You, you know, you can see me at the mental mastery Alliance.com. There's, there's a ton of stuff there. There's a, a group of us. We are working collectively to, to, to better, you know, our surroundings, not even the world, mm -hmm. just, just anyone that wants to look. Now you have a blog on that website. There's links to all your, your podcasts. Cause by the way, folks, if you didn't realize Adam podcast as well, yeah. <laughs> he has a podcast as well on all, all the major platforms and all those links are on your website. Yep. Yeah. Everything's all out there and everything's, everything's pretty rock steady. Uh, and the idea is simply just to grow, just to, just to, just to tap into people that want to be tapped into. And if you don't like what I have to say, that's fine. Don't listen to me. If you do like what I have to say, and if I have resonated, start asking yourself a lot of questions because there's tons and tons and tons of people out there. Mm -hmm. And if you do have issues with alcohol, um, you can certainly reach out. You know, Excellent. you can hit, appreciate yeah, that. You absolutely, you can hit us up uh, info at the mental mastery Alliance. Uh, our, our email links are also all over the page. Um, you know, you can, you can talk to people. We work heavily in that realm. Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because, because we've been tricked for so long into thinking that that alcohol is okay. You know, like don't, mm -hmm. like don't, don't smoke weed, go get drunk instead. Right. You know? And it's, it's, it's a whole system. And, you know, again, I'm not saying to, to the person that drinks on a regular basis, I'm not saying alcohol is the devil and you need to get away from it. I'll, all I will say is ask yourself, is it worth consuming poison mm -hmm. while you're miserable? Exactly. Or what are you missing in life if this is where your focus is? First thing, as you know, I have a wine education, trust uh, education. And I remember my instructor walking into the classroom and it's the very first thing out of his mouth is, you need to understand alcohol is a poison. I'm going to teach you about wine and you know how it's done and da, 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 da. But you don't think it's not. It is, period. That was always, that's how we started three years of education. Alcohol is a poison. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, let's chat about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's teach you about that he said okay you're right on, on that note i'm gonna let you go thank you so much for joining us it is greatly appreciated folks if you are you know my listeners are usually here because you are looking to think outside the box you don't want regret in your life you're looking to grow and these are the types of things we want to bring to you so check out the mental mastery alliance check out adam's podcast because let me tell you we only touched on some of the conspiracy theories he loves to just open that box <laughs> wide open but if you want to be thinking for yourself, there are some preconceived limiting beliefs you've just simply got to let go of, and you will be amazed at what the universe will, will bring to you right at that moment. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality.
This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>